going on? Good evening, good evening. It is Monday night. That means it's time for Out Loud and Unfiltered. My name is Mariah Rose, and I am extremely ecstatic that you have joined me tonight. Um, first up, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to those who are listening. Thank you for sharing with your friends and family this podcast. Um, I'm trying to do a thing. I'm trying to build a thing. And so if you took the time to listen, I appreciate you. Um, I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Out Loud Movement. If you would like to follow me um, as far as poetry and spoken word is concerned, that would be at Mariah's Thoughts on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm at Mariah Rose on Facebook. Some of that might bleed into, you know, one another. It just depends on what I have going on, especially if I interview somebody on Thinking Out Loud um, that does spoken word and we're not just talking about, you know, what's going on in the news and the social media cycles or politics or anything like that, because I do like to interview artists, uh, especially if they're involved in a particular brand of artistry that I am not involved in or that I've not yet been exposed to. And so you are more than welcome to email me. You can email me at mrose at thinkingoutloudmovement.com. And um, of course, even here, if there are topics that you guys want me to tackle, you want to talk about, you want to hear my opinion, because you get to listen to me bump my gums for a whole hour, roughly an hour, um, I'd be more than happy to hear what your suggestions are and take them into consideration because I'm always looking to have a discussion or a dialogue, a productive, positive discussion about um, anything, really, to be honest with you. There's so much out there that we can talk about. There's so much out there that we can look into. Um, You know, I always say that the art of conversation is lost. It's it's a lost art form. Most people resort to yelling, screaming, name calling, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say to me, you know, that kind of thing. Um, when they don't have uh, the words to defend or argue their point or position, uh, I feel like the art of communication is lost in that we don't listen to understand point of view and perspective Um uh, the points of view or perspective, I should say, of other people, we listen to be right. So when you're engaged in a conversation, whether it be one-on-one or in a group setting, uh, unfortunately, we tend to default to formulating what our response will be before we've even heard the full of what someone else has to say. And if we continue on the course that we're on in that way, how can we ever have any reasonable expectation or hope for things from a societal perspective um, to get better? I don't think that we can, not not on the way, on the track that we're on. So anyway, welcome again tonight to Out Loud and Unfiltered. I'm not sure how long this particular podcast will be. I know I said that last week when we finished up our uh, Freedom to Love series and I did the Love It or Leave It um, episode, but I genuinely really did not know what I wanted to talk about until just this afternoon. And so, um, 
I make it a point not to be talking, just to be talking. I make it a point to really want to point out a few things or share my opinion in a way that is impactful and empowering and encouraging. Um, maybe pr- provide some insight. Uh, always, I always, always, always welcome you know, feedback, opinions, participation. If you listen to this podcast and you have something you'd like to say specifically to me, um, I welcome that. You know, I always want to be open to be able to discuss, even if we disagree. That's the other thing about uh, communication that has become foreign um, or unheard of is that that school of thought that you cannot disagree and still be friends or close-knit family like there are blood feuds because of a difference of opinion or you know right now we're so polarized as a country because of uh political ideology that you know you could literally have a family member that you're not speaking to because they're a republican or a democrat or an independent or you know the latest i'm vaccinated i'm not vaccinated wear a mask don't wear a mask there's so much going on and everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be right. And I just don't see, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't see how or where we make room for progress, where we make room to be empathetic and and understanding. And we can say, okay, got it. How do we come to some common ground? How do we come to some common understanding? And so that's the goal of Out Loud and Unfiltered. Um, not only that, but you know, as a um a woman of God, as a Christian, um, I find that many Christians are talking in hushed circles about certain things. I find that it is because these topics of conversation are so frowned upon um, that there are some folks out there who feel ashamed of talking about them. They feel like it's not okay. I'll be judged. And it's not even so much they're worried about being judged by God for what they have to say. They have questions. They have concerns. They're experiencing things that they want to talk about. And maybe, you know, they don't trust the people around them. Like the church is supposed to be a safe haven. That's where the sick go to be healed and people are literally bleeding out, you know, just, I'm at a loss for words because I'm very passionate about this, but people are literally in danger of dying, a spiritual death, exsanguination, so to speak, because they don't have anybody in the church to go and talk to. You are either going to hear your business across the pulpit because that's the nature of the or the culture in that particular church or or you'll hear your business come back to you because you confided in a sister or a brother in the church that you trusted that you thought you could talk to because they decided that breaking your trust and going to run go tell that was more important than being there for you the way that Christ intended for us to be there for one another in the body and so I want to talk about some things that we don't always talk about in 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 larger forums and on bigger platforms because of the fact that it's just simply not okay and it's not safe. I hope that that changes. Um unfortunately, you know, I don't know that it will because gossip is oh, gossip the, the juice, the details, people want to spill the tea and it's ridiculous to me. So anyway, I said all of that to say again, welcome. Thank you for listening and tonight I kind of want to delve into 
mental health, especially mental health in the African-American community. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've talked about this many, many times. We've talked about how back in the day, and of course, that's relative to however old you are. I mean, I'm 42, so I was born in 79. So coming up through the 80s and 90s, Mental health wasn't something that I heard people talk about, you know, and I mean, in junior high and high school, you know, there were special ed kids and this was before, you know, we really knew what ADD was, ADHD, bipolar disorder, multiple personality disorder, OCD, any of that. We didn't have definitions for that, at least not in my age group. We were always told, you know, don't leave the kids with so-and-so and such and such and that today either means that that person was a pedophile and he was molesting children or he was crazy and you didn't know what he was going to do. Bottom line is we didn't talk about mental health, especially in the African-American community, because it was taboo. It was um, for some reason, and I don't understand why, even to this day, for some reason, you know, it was, well, black folks not crazy. Like, we don't have those problems in, 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 you know, or it was that what stays, what happens in this house, I mean, stays in this house. And so you weren't allowed to talk about it, especially in mixed company. And if you were a kid, you were to be seen and not heard. So you didn't have any input. But I would argue that everybody had that one uncle or aunt or cousin who was off. And it wasn't just that they, you know, had an issue with drug addiction because that was lumped into don't leave the kids with so-and-so and such and such. Um, they, it, 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 it was bigger than that. It was brought, you knew something was off, but you didn't know what it was. I have an uncle, um, who he gets a check from the government every month. I don't know what happened to him when he was in the military, but he was medically discharged. They pay him. And I'm going to be honest with you, even at my age, he scares me. Something is off. Something is not right. And it's not just his substance abuse because he has that too, but he's always been a little scary to me. And so I, I, even to this day, I keep my distance, but we never, you know, we never really talked about it and it's gotten better over time, but not, I don't think we're where we need to be, honestly. And the reason I wanted to talk about uh, mental health today was because I've seen a whole lot on social media and in the news cycle about Kanye West. And, you know, I'm, I don't know much about his music. I think the last song I remember was Jesus Walks, if that's what the name of the song was. I I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about, but I mean... Clearly, you know, he's got the clothing line and he's got his music and, you know, he's a very talented artist. Um, but he has and, and people say this. I've said it. He has not been right since his mom passed away. And even before uh, Donda West died, he was always kind of a different, you know, different person. He was kind of eclectic. You know, he was he was just, you know, off brand. And, and, and I don't know if that was part of the image or you know, if at that time he had been medically diagnosed with any anything, but he had always kind of been off to me whenever I saw him. And I don't know if that was supposed to be part of the illusion and the mystique of his celebrity or what it was. But here recently in the news, and I saw um, D.L. Hughley had done an interview and he was saying how it's not funny. 
there are all of these jokes and I get that, you know, you have to laugh to keep from crying the way life is, the way the world is, the way society is functioning. You know, comedians can make a joke out of anything. We can all make a joke out of anything. But what Kanye is doing is dangerous. It's not funny. You know, like he's stalking his soon-to-be ex-wife because they're still married technically. That divorce is not final. Um, that's a whole other discussion about people being separated, but you're still married. Um, and he's threatening, like kind of, I, I can't even call it passive aggressively, guys. He's threatening her current boyfriend, Pete Davidson. Now, again, I could be wrong, but I just don't see Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson getting married. I think this is just a thing. Ugh, I could be wrong and, you know, ain't nobody paying me for my opinion, but that's what it is. At any rate, um, he's doing some things that people think are funny. The first issue I have with that is this. It is in those instances when we don't take people who display questionable and volatile and unbalanced behavior such as he is doing. It is when we don't take that behavior seriously, when we don't take those things seriously, when we brush them off, laugh them off, ignore them or explain them away, that we have harm and danger come to folks. Um, And I get that they're celebrities, but if we weren't such an apathetic and desensitized generation of folk, we probably wouldn't think that what he was doing was funny. Um, and we'd probably be a little more concerned. Uh, what he's doing is actually triggering folks who have dealt with stalkers, who have dealt with emotional abuse, who have dealt with, you know, some of the things that, you know, Kim Kardashian might be going through right now. And you might say, you know, Mariah, why are you... Why are you talking about celebrities? It's prevalent. I know that it's happening in smaller settings and in in lesser known households and things like that. But he's a black man who is obviously in trouble. He is emotionally and mentally unstable. He has displayed this. And I don't know if it's because of his money that he gets away with this, but I have to wonder if he has a circle or at least one solid person that's saying, look, bruh, you got to calm this down. You got to stop this. Now, I say that understanding that no one can make a grown, a whole grown person, especially somebody like Kanye West, stop their behavior. Nobody can make anybody do anything. I mean, God doesn't make us do anything. We have a free will choice. But I wonder about his circle, especially since his mom passed, because I'm, I I just, I can't believe that if Donda West were still here, she would just be idly sitting by allowing him to cut a fool like he's cutting a fool. I have to wonder, you know, about his circle. And this is not funny because he's a black man who is struggling with mental health and people are making fun of him. It is the same he and ha, jokey joke, LOL, LMBO, whatever you want to say that 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 we witnessed when we watched um, Red Table Talk and, and Jada and Will were talking about her entanglement with August. And you could see the pain on that man's face. Now, do we know what's going on behind closed doors? No, we don't. Do we, you know, I've always wondered if they were in an open marriage because she had mentioned, Jada had mentioned they had a grown relationship at one point, whatever that means. But you could see the pain on his face. I don't know if he'd inflicted pain. He may have, and maybe she felt like she needed to get back with him, but he became a meme and it was funny. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that this thing had gone on, you know? And so 
We talk about how important mental health is, but then we make fun of it until it's not funny. And unfortunately, the bar is pretty high for, or it's pretty low for, how do I want to say it? Not high, not low. The, the Where the bar is set, for something to be unfunny, it's got to be really serious in this society, right? So what happens if, you know, Kanye is ex- exercising some kind of visitation and he decides that he wants to kill himself and take Kim and the kids with him? Will it be funny then? Or will people say, oh, I knew something wasn't right with him. I knew something was wrong. I knew he was off. I knew he was going to do something. I mean, let's go back to, quote, surviving R. Kelly. People were bringing him girls. People around him were enabling him. They knew that he had an issue. This is why this man is in turmoil now. Nobody stepped in to stop it. Nobody spoke up. I mean, I... I don't understand. So I question his circle. And I question why this is funny. Is it because they're celebrities? Is it because they have money? And is it because they're in the news? Because I guarantee you in a regular run-of-the-mill domestic situation, nobody is laughing at this. This is not funny. And so back to what I was saying about, you know, back in the day, nobody talked about it. You know, it was like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with that boy. He don't need no medication. He don't need this. He don't need that. And I'm not an advocate for drugging a kid talking about ADHD and ADD just because you don't want to deal with someone who might have disciplinary problems. What I'm saying is we never gave it the weight that it deserved to begin with. And now that it is being diagnosed, noticed, uh, pointed out, or whatever you want to call it, more than it was even back in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up, Now that it's being seen more, now that I won't even say because it's more prevalent, it was always there. It was just never talked about as much. I have to wonder if we're still not giving it the weight that we should give it. Like, because it it, it was, I remember growing up and it was easy to dismiss it. All black folks don't have them problems. Why not? Yes, we do. I got a crazy uncle right now. I love him, but he's not so. And that's just the truth. That's me being honest. I have a, a, a another relative who was kind of off. She's not too much younger than me, but she's a little off. And you have to wonder, was she medically, clinically diagnosed with something? No. But knowing what we know now and understanding that hindsight is twenty twenty, you can guarantee that there are some people that you have come across in your family or in school who should have been diagnosed with something and they needed help and they didn't get it. So I have to wonder if I, I don't even know if Kanye has a, a a a psychiatrist, a psychologist, is the man on meds, you know, bipolar disorder is a thing. But people are making fun of this behavior, the way that he's stalking Kim, the way that he's got. And you know what? You people that follow this man, listening to him, calling Pete Davidson out and this and that. Something's wrong with y'all too. I'm sorry. It, it just is. Because why would you support and encourage violence, this kind of behavior. I just think at some point this transitions from just being an idle threat, an expression of frustration, a venting of of anger to something very real that could very well, you know, just very well might happen. And we have to do better than what we're doing by people like Kanye, by Kanye, but 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 by people like him. People in situations like this, people who display volatile and unstable behavior and nobody does anything to check it. Nobody does anything to stop it. 
especially in the black community. This is not one of those situations where if you ignore it, it'll go away. You know, I have a a nephew who's on the autism spectrum and he's a genius. I love this dude. He's hilarious. He's articulate, but he's on the spectrum. And when he was, we were first figuring out and finding out and his mom was taking him through the testing about him being on the, you know, about the possibility of him being on the spectrum. There was a lot of, oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. But yeah, there is. And we need to figure out what it is so we can equip him to be successful and help him in the best way that we can help him. I have another family member who might just very well be on the spectrum. He was never clinically or medically diagnosed because his mother was in denial. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Ain't nothing wrong with him. And we were all watching him grow up and his mannerisms and his behaviors. And we were like, yeah, something is wrong. And she was like, no, nothing's wrong. And now he's at an age where we wonder if when he becomes an adult, a full grown adult, will he be able to function or will he constantly have to have supervision? Because we didn't take the steps when we first noticed or discovered there was an issue to address the issue and set him up for success. Right. And so in our community or in society in general, We got to do better about mental health and making sure that people are healthy. To be transparent, my son, my son is 22 years old and I've mentioned him before. You know, we've had some difficult conversations about, uh, you know, him being raised under my roof and, you know, how I've had to be accountable for some decision making. And, you know, I've allowed him that space to express to me how he felt about his experience as a child. Um, But my son is in counseling and I made it a priority because at one point he was suicidal. And he told me the only reason that he didn't do it was because he couldn't figure out how he wanted to do it. And to give you a little bit of backstory, I remember maybe two and a half, almost three years ago, saying to him, I'd gone out to campus and took him to lunch because I talked to him on the phone the day before and I didn't like what I heard in his voice and it worried me. And I went out there and this was way before we had had the discussion about, you know, his experience as a child and some of the things that he had dealt with growing up. Um, And I told him, something is not right with you. Like I recognized it. I identified that something, although I didn't know at the time what was not right. And I asked him, was he okay? And he told me that he was okay. He said, mom, I'm fine. I'm just stressed because of school. And I said, I don't believe you, but I'm going to take your word for it for now. Something is not right. And if you don't want to talk to me, you need to talk to someone. Um, he later told me that it was that he wanted to take his life and he just couldn't figure out how to do it. And we have him in counseling. Um, he was stressed about school. There were some other things that he's working through, but my, my point in all of that was I didn't dismiss what I felt, what I observed, what I saw. I did not dismiss him and say, oh, well, he says he's good. So we're good. I, talked to him about options 
Like, if you don't want to talk to me, you don't have to, but let's find you somebody to talk to. And so he's in counseling now, working through what he needs to work through so that he can get to a healthy place mentally and emotionally and be successful in his adulthood. I don't know that that happens often enough. Is it happening more than it did in the past? Yes, but I don't think that it's happening enough. You know, then there's this this thing where... I've witnessed some, not all, I've witnessed some women denigrate men because they are emotional. Now, we already know that men aren't viewed as emotional creatures. They're not necessarily stereotypically nurturing, so to speak. And so when we see a man cry, you know, he's generally labeled a punk, unfortunately. And so sometimes these men have grown up raised not to show emotion. So when they show emotion, it is a sign of weakness. But what do you do when somebody is having a mental breakdown? And I mean, you have PTSD and all of these other mental disorders that men have to work through. And a lot of times they have to work through them on their own because you got women dogging them for showing emotion or showing what they perceive to be signs of weakness. You have their peers, man, man up, toughen up. It'll be all right. You know, instead of creating and facilitating an environment in which it's okay for them to release all of the emotion that they've been burying, like putting in boxes and compartmentalizing and, and actually really not dealing with right? And so you have the world at large judging. You have maybe women that they've come into contact with via dating or in their family telling them not to be punkish and you a wuss and I need you to man up and toughen up. Don't be no punk. I mean, and that starts when they're young. So at what point do we create a safe space for our men? At what point do we address mental health issues? At what point do we say it is okay for you to feel what you feel the way that you feel it? Let's talk about healthy ways to handle it, right? Or vice versa, women too. Some women have come up to to believe that crying and showing emotion is a sign of weakness. But generally speaking, our mental health suffers when we don't address it and it only gets worse. You're talking about depression. You are talking about bipolar disorder. It could be it could be, you know, a whole host of things that we're not addressing and we're brushing under the rug. And it's not as taboo as it used to be. It's not as, you know, hushed and whispered, oh, you know, so-and-so and such-and-such is a little off, don't mind her. But is it getting the attention that it should be getting? And my opinion is no, it's not. Not if things like what Kanye is doing can be made fun of. As if this man cannot go off the deep end and, 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 and you know, I mean, let's be honest. The Kardashian women kind of tend to ruin me in a little bit. <laughs> just I'm just gonna put that out there. I think about Lamar Odom, who already had his vices. I mean, Kim knew what she was getting into when she was dating Kanye, because Kanye was off way before he met her, and that's not to blame them. I feel like it magnifies um maybe they wanted to fix these men but we can't fix people like we can't make them straighten up and fly right, so to speak. 
Or were they being ignored? Were the issues being ignored? Were they being explained away? Were they being brushed under the rug? You know, I did. Did I, I wonder if Chloe knew whether or not Lamar had a drug problem. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she thought she could fix them. You know, love makes people do crazy things. But all I'm saying is that in the day and age that we live in, we have to take these situations and these behaviors a lot more seriously than we do. And so D.L. Hughley, he was on his um, he was doing an interview and he was talking about how this man needed help, that it wasn't funny what he was doing. It was very serious. You're literally creating music that quote unquote, passively aggressively threatens to take the life of decapitate somebody that your soon to be ex-wife is dating. Like Kim had to file something in court asking, you know, that the proceedings not be delayed any further. You know, he's doing these things. He's saying these things, you know, he's all over social media, cutting a fool. He's basically displaying that he's mentally unhinged, unbalanced and, and unstable. And I have to wonder what that does for his children. Like, how does that impact his ability to really see his kids? What will the judge say? So there's all of this stuff and it all comes back to, What kind of people does he have around him? And is he listening to them? Is he in a position to make sound decisions right now? Like, and even on a, a, a a less visible level in the homes across this country, how many women and or men are dealing with a partner who is mentally unstable, emotionally unstable, but they won't say a word. They just deal with it. They brush it under the rug. They explain it away or they ignore it. We have got to do better because it is when this stuff reaches a climax, a climactic point that either suicide or homicide or both is happening. And I'm not saying that we should walk out life in fear, but we do have to be prudent. We do have to use wisdom. Is this man getting help? And if he isn't, why isn't he? And if he has someone like a counselor, if he is on meds, clearly the prescription needs to be changed. It's not working. You know, maybe he needs a new counselor, a therapist. I don't know what the answer is. I guess I'm just kind of, I'm at a loss because there are so many memes. We're so quick to put a meme together. And I want to know literally from the bottom of my heart, is anybody helping this man? Because he is unhinged. And it is being played out. I can't imagine what any family would be going through or enduring seeing this drama played out on national and international TV and in the news and all over social media that that someone that they love and care about because children are birthed in love. I don't believe that Kim ever not, you know, never loved him, you know. That that somebody you love and you genuinely may care about is not healthy. I happen to believe that it's very important for us to um, put our mental health above all else. Uh, I think sometimes we don't talk about mental health, too, especially in a church, because there are so many people who say things like pray about it Um or, you know, somebody might just look at you flat out and tell you, well, you in sin, get out of sin and you'd be all right. You know, I mean, and that might be extreme, but it's not unheard of, to be quite honest with you. And it's a little disconcerting because 
while I believe in the healing power of God, and I believe that you can lay hands on, pray and fast over, read your word, walk uprightly, have faith in God. Some people need a little extra that might require therapy that might require medication, you know, and I've heard it said, well, if you, you know, get in God and strengthen your faith, you wouldn't need that medication. Okay. I'm not here to dump a Bible. I'm not here. I'm no theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister, but why do we have doctors in place? Did God not give people that knowledge to be able to heal, to help? So what's the problem with therapy? What's the problem with the need for some kind of medication? I mean, I don't understand that. And then when you find out that someone has need of those things, they're labeled or branded, which is part of part of the problem. It's part of the reason why folks don't want to go to church. And I mean, there's something to be said about how you don't let people run you out of church. It's about your relationship with God. But let's be honest with 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 ourselves. I don't care how strong your faith is. I don't care how tight your relationship with God is. If you are in an environment where people are looking down their noses at you and judging you constantly, judging you worse than God himself is judging you, would you want to be around them people? Would you really want to be in that environment? I wouldn't want to be. And I'm grounded in God. I have a solid relationship with God. But I wouldn't want to be in an environment where I didn't feel safe, that I didn't feel like it was home, where I didn't feel like I could trust people, where I feel like I wouldn't want to be somewhere where I felt like every every time I stepped inside the doors, people were judging me, looking at me sideways, dissecting my life or going to run tell somebody, you know, oh, she looked tired. You know, she got that she got that son that, that wanted to, you know, take his life. He probably stressing her out, you know, just just to, to give you an example. And the thing of it is, is that we as a society have become so apathetic and so, you know, seven ways to fix your life and five quick fixes to, 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 to better wholeness and health that we stop looking at the pieces that put together the big picture. So, yeah, the big picture is, let's say what we're talking about tonight, mental health. But what led up to the mental instability? Has it always been there? You know, you think about a youngster who's maybe been molested and to cope with the fact that it was an uncle or her father or his cousin or his aunt molesting him or her, that they began to look to drugs to cope. That they begin to self-harm, to numb themselves, to focus on some other pain than the pain that they're dealing with. They begin to get promiscuous. They begin to run wild. What if nobody, and there are folks out here, guys, who have had to deal with that. Nobody has taken the time to get to the root cause of those behaviors. They've just been branded and labeled trouble. And people have given up on them. Or somebody's making fun of them. Somebody is creating a meme. And I think it's just easier to target Kanye because he's Kanye. But it's happening all over the world to people that you and I will never meet, that you and I will never see. And then you create these people who begin to build walls. And they begin to get to the place where they don't want to feel, they don't want anyone, they don't want to let anyone in or close to them. 
because they don't want anyone to know what they're feeling or going through or thinking. You know, maybe even they're punishing themselves because they're like, why would I think these things? Why? Something must be wrong with me. I'm I'm broken. And they don't even know where to start because they have nobody to talk to. We have to do better about mental health and it can't just be what happens in this house stays in this house and keep the kids away from Pookie because y'all know Pookie a little off. What's wrong with Pookie? Why is Pookie off? And I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being real. We do ourselves, our families and society in general a disservice, in my opinion, when we don't address mental health issues head on and fully do I think it matters um across racial lines about how mental health is handled I do unfortunately I do it's been shown in studies that there is a disparity between the way you know whites versus non-whites are treated um in medical situations um be it mental health or anything else. Uh, it could be childbirth. It could be anything. There there are disparities. And, you know, non-whites tend to be ignored a little bit, depending on what's going on, unless you have a really good doctor who really isn't paying attention to your skin. But by and large, we are discriminated against in that area. And so that's why you see and you hear people say, I want an African-American counselor or a therapist or someone African-American who specializes in this type of condition because they will listen to me and they will address my concerns. Um, I think it's unfortunate that we have to do those things or that people feel like they have to make those kinds of requests. Um, but, you know, black folks can be harsh. We can be harsh to our own. And so I don't think mental health is any exception. You know, the argument has been made that people who are not African-American can't help African-Americans with mental health issues because they're not African-American and they wouldn't understand. I think that's debatable. Um, I could understand why people would feel that way, but I still think it's debatable. I think there are good counselors out there and um, I don't know that it would matter 100% whether or not the counselor is black or white. I think it depends on how you feel. In the situation, in the setting where you're talking to the counselor, when you're assessing whether or not this counselor has your best interest at heart and whether or not they're feeding you a, a line of garbage or if they're genuinely concerned about your overall health and well-being from a mental and emotional perspective. Um, I mean, and that can be with any doctor. I remember when I first moved to Texas, uh I had issues with my back. And the first thing I said was, I do not want to be dependent on medications for my back. So I thought, let me go to a chiropractor. Understanding that most physicians don't necessarily care for chiropractors. I went to my doctor and I was like, I need a referral. My back is hurting. Um, I need to see a chiropractor. This particular doctor that I did not um continue seeing after this proceeded to whip out his prescription pad and write me a prescription for muscle relaxers without referring me for an MRI or x-rays without 
asking me very many follow-up questions about the location of the pain, what happens when I do certain movements. Like he didn't even send me to physical therapy. And I had to reiterate to him, yo, I want to see a chiropractor or someone who specializes in back and spine issues. I'm not asking you for a prescription for drugs. We don't even know if it's a muscle-related issue that I need muscle relaxers for. And it was like maybe two or three months after that that I went and I found another primary care physician. But what I'm saying is there are so many different layers to this mental health thing that I'm concerned. And it's not funny. It's sad. And it is troubling and vexing because what we see Kanye doing, there are so many other households that are dealing with that kind of behavior and they don't know what to do or they feel like "Eh, ain't nothing wrong with him. He's got a drinking issue. Why does he have a drinking issue? Where did it originate from? I guarantee there's a source. Can you cure it? Eh. They say that people who are alcoholics will always be alcoholics. It's about how long they, you know, stay on the wagon, so to speak. Um, But I just, I keep going back to what kind of circle does this man have around him? Is it a supportive circle or is he surrounded by a bunch of yes men who, who, who are scared to point out that there is an issue? Um, Or is he just ignoring the folks around him that care about him and have asked him to get help? And I think that that happens more often than not. You know, my son is is important to me. He's my only son. And I remember telling him, you know, cause he, he wanted to take a break from school cause it was just getting to be a bit overwhelming for him. I told him, I said, son, I would rather have you on this side of the earth without a college degree than have you on the other side of the earth, buried and gone without a college degree. You know, your mental health is important. If you go back to school, finish and finish, finish. If you don't, I'm more concerned about your mental health. And we made that a priority for him. And 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 we're doing, he's doing well. You know, he's getting better. And he's working on the things that he needs to be working on to get to a successful and healthy place mentally. But somebody had to tell him it was okay, first of all, that you're having these issues It's not necessarily abnormal. It's not okay to want to take your life, but at least you've come forward and you've acknowledged that you've had these thoughts and you want the help. So let's get you the help. Not a a punch in the arm or in the chest talking about man up, dude. Ain't Ain't nothing wrong with you. You got this. You strong. Because we are losing our men. We're losing our women. We're losing our children. We are losing people who matter to us when we ignore what we see, what we feel, what we hear, and what we experience when we're around these people. And again, you can't make anyone do anything. So you very well may be voicing concerns to that person who is displaying some some instability. You very well, well may be offering you know, help, let me take you somewhere. Or if you don't want to talk to me, you can talk to someone else. And they're not taking you, you taking your help or your advice or your assistance or whatever. And, and, and I understand that. But for the ones of us out here in the world laughing at folks, 
pointing the finger at folks, judging people. I can be honest with you that I have had bouts of depression, especially when I first moved to Texas because I was looking for work. I was going through a divorce. All three of my children were under the age of 10. (laughs) It It was hard. And I did not know whether I was coming or going. And don't get me wrong. Yes, I was in the church. And yes, I knew that God had me. But it doesn't mean that I didn't have mind battles. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't fighting for my life. And it doesn't mean that I didn't have crying spells. I remember getting laid off and fired from my job at one point. And I didn't get out of bed except to make sure my kids had breakfast and got off to school. Um, And then I go right back to bed. And I had to... I don't remember honestly how I got up out of that, but I had to, I, I, I know that I used my children as, I'll say my motivation to keep going, but I know what it's like to have those mind battles where you don't want to get out of bed and you haven't showered in two days because you've been in bed and you've been crying on and off and, and, and you're thinking about a lot in your mind, you can't shut it off. Like I've been there, you know? And counseling has never been, you know, one of those things that I thought that I would need. I actually remember being one of them ones like, mm, God got me. I don't need no therapist until I I got to a place where I was like, well, maybe I do need to talk to somebody. And I don't mean just talking to my good girlfriend about a thing. I needed to get some help. And I I, I remember not wanting my son to feel like, he didn't have therapy as an option, you know. And like I said, I have this beautiful, wonderful, super smart um, nephew who's autistic. And I remember, you know, having to tell somebody, you know, there's nothing wrong with him being, he's not broken because he's autistic. He's not defective. We have to learn how to work with him on his level. And he's incredibly intuitive, like super genius, smart. Like I love him to death and I don't have favorites between my nieces and my nephews, but I love, I love him. Um, And I love the fact that his mom paid attention and that his mom got him the help that he needed so that he could have the tools that he needed to be successful. She didn't ignore it. She didn't say, oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. He'll be all right. He'll grow out of it, you know? Yes, we've gotten better over the years than we used to. You know, I think we can do better, though. I think we got a long way to go, though, to get better, especially in our community. So what's going on with Kanye is not funny. It was never funny to me. I've always been concerned because that man ain't been right since his mom died. But perhaps he wasn't even right then. Maybe his mom helped keep him centered. Maybe she had his ear a little better than the people around him have his ear now. You know, I don't know. But the memes are, the, these these particular memes and this joking, and stuff, it's not funny. It's not, like I remember being in college, I don't know if y'all remember, y'all remember when Eminem first came out, Slim Shady? And as you get older and wiser, you know better, so you approach things differently. But in my ignorance and in my immaturity, I used to think, that the songs but he was always it seemed like every other song he was talking about killing his baby mama <laughs> and I'm chuckling now because we thought it was all funny but I think even then nah, it it 
it wasn't. It it was kind of bad. And shame on me for laughing at it. Don't get me wrong. I love Eminem's music, but those particular songs, that was him. Just kind of vocalizing. I don't know if they were fantasies or if he was just going for shock value or what. But someone right. And I'm not saying that Eminem is mentally ill or anything like that. I just, I guess I wanted to use it as a point of reference because he was always talking about killing Kim. (laughs) We were like, what the heck is wrong with this man? But my hope and my prayer is that even if he doesn't have it now, that he will come across the help that he needs soon. My hope and my prayer is that we can continue to draw attention to mental health issues the world over, like in every household where they exist and create an environment, a safe, healthy environment where those folks who are having those problems can get the help that they need and if they need medication so that they can get the medication that they need. Um and that they can do it without the fear of being judged. Oh, you are a saint. You're a Christian. You're a whatever you are. What do you need medication for? Do you need to man up? Men don't do that. You can't be showing emotion. That's foolishness. That's just dumb. Yes, you can. To the women that, that, that feel like a man who shows emotion is weak. Shame on you. Because you've now closed off and, and then you get mad when he's emotionally unavailable. Like a pick 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 your fight. What 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 do you want? You know? There are so many different levels and facets to this thing. But the last thing that we should be doing is laughing. Because it's a very unfunny thing and, and it leaves a a lot of hurt, pain, anguish, and damage in its wake, especially unchecked especially when there is no help. And so my hope and my prayer is that Kanye and people like him get the help that they need, that they find a place of stability. You know, these folks, some of them, you have to take your own mental health seriously. It's not enough for the people around you to take it seriously. You have to take it seriously. Um, and you have to endeavor to to maintain some kind of stability where that's concerned. Uh, and I don't know what that looks like for you or anybody else who might be struggling with mental health. And and I know what it looks like for me when I feel myself slipping into a dark place. Um, I know what it takes for me to stay out of that dark place. I know what I have to do to get out of that dark place if, if I fail to stay out of it. Like, I can't stay in it long. You know, I've been there. I understand. Um It's just my heart goes out. I don't know any other way to say it. His mom was probably his entire world and she's gone and she's been gone for some years. But he needs help and people need to stop laughing about it because he could very well cause harm to himself, to his soon to be ex-wife or to his kids. And then everybody will be all somber and why, you know, they'll either deny knowing there was a problem or they'll say, well, I knew he had issues all along. The question is, did anybody do anything to help? Because that's what makes the difference. Did y'all laugh at him or did you judge him? Did you shut him down and tell him to man up or were you there to listen when he needed to vent? If y'all listen to some of the music that's out there, people are 
bare in their hearts and their souls. I ain't talking about the surface level crap, this rap and folks don't even know nothing about carrying Glocks and living street life and slanging and selling drugs and all of that. Some of the music that's out here, these people are bearing their souls because they wrote those songs in a place and a time and space where they were hurting. We have to pay attention when people are telling us and they might not just say, hey, I'm hurting. They show us, they display it, they write it, they sing it, they rap it, you know, they draw it. We have to pay attention to all of that, engage all of our senses and endeavor to be more empathetic and helpful and not so much judgmental. It's too much laughing going on about this. And I don't know, you know, long term what the fix is. I can just say that I hope and pray that he gets the help that he needs. Mental health is important. We were all on lockdown and COVID when COVID first hit and depression spiked, suicide spiked, domestic abuse spiked. I mean, it was just bananas because we were all locked up in the house and we were forced to face demons and issues and problems and we weren't equipped to do that. And even though things have started to open back up again, we're still dealing with the effects of that initial shutdown. Stuff was way worse when COVID happened than it had been in a long time. Oh, I'll qualify this statement. It wasn't way worse. It was more magnified and amplified because some of those things were happening, but they weren't happening as frequently. And it wasn't as known or, or out there because people were going to work every day and they were at least away from their home environments long enough to kind of forget that they had an issue to go go back to in the first place but now everybody you know they were home they were on lockdown so this stuff is out there now and it's magnified and the problem seems to be insurmountable and we're laughing creating memes and cracking jokes and my heart is heavy behind that because what's going on with Kanye and what's going on with other people out there in the world that are in his position or people that are in Kim's position or Kim's family, her kids. It's not funny. It's a very dark place. It's got to be stressful. I couldn't imagine what Pete Davidson is dealing with and going through. I mean, he's got to work. So, yeah, he's still doing SNL and whatnot. But to think that there's a possibility that this man's life could be in any kind of danger. You know, I mean... And I get it. That's the worst case scenario. But worst case scenarios happen all the time. And I think we need to give the weight to the mental instability we're seeing played out all over social media and in the news. We need to give it more weight than we've given it. So that's my spiel. That's my talk about mental health. Um, I'm not Iyanla Van Zandt. I'm not even remotely related to Dr. Phil. Um, or Oprah or anybody else out there that, that deals with, you know, mental health and things like that. But I know what mental health issues look like. I know what behavioral issues look like. I know what it's like to grapple with and wrestle with depression. Um, and I understand that our mental health is extremely, extremely important. Mental health, emotional health, physical spiritual, all of it matters. Um, but I think by and large, people just want somebody out there to care, somebody out there to be sincere, somebody out there that they can trust 
that won't go run sell their secrets to the nearest tabloid paying top dollar or that that sister won't go back to church or as soon as she gets off the phone with you pick up the phone to the other sister and say girl guess what sister so-and-so just told me and or he wants to be able to talk to the men in his life, but all the men in his life have told him not to be soft, not to be a punk and to man up and he'll get over it. I saw somebody post on social media. He's an army veteran and he posted, I am not okay. And there was more that he said in that post. And I, when I see things like that and I see that there are comments, I usually go in and I look at the comments. And the thing that bothered me about one of the comments was, as a black man, you'll be all right, you're strong. And I feel like that was a missed opportunity for that person to be there for the guy that said he was not okay. Because sometimes, no, you're not okay. And just because you're a strong black man doesn't mean you'll be okay. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need someone to go to. Sometimes you need a safe haven. And so, again, that's my spiel. Um, That's my time tonight. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about mental health again next week. We'll see. Um, If you took the time to listen, share this with your friends and family. Um, I'd appreciate it. I thank you for tuning in to listen. I hope and I pray that the rest of your week goes well. And um, if you're suffering from any kind of mental health issue, if you're feeling suicidal, if you need someone to talk to, seek out someone. There's got to be someone who will listen. There's got to be someone there that can help you. You are not alone. Um, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for all of us. I'm praying for society in general because we're in a dark place. And uh, what's going on in this world right now is not even the least bit funny and much prayer is needed. So With that being said, thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Out Loud and Unfiltered. I hope and I pray that uh, something I said was impactful and meaningful. Again, you can email me, mrose at thinkingoutloudmovement.com to share your thoughts, your feedback, provide, you know, um, suggestions for subject matter. Uh, I would love to hear from you and I hope that you tune in next Monday. So until then, have a blessed rest of the week. Bye-bye.